What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Mintz. And I'm Jordan Schusterman. And we are the hosts of Baseball Barbacast. And we are so excited to be back recording a podcast together Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for the 2024 Major League Baseball season. I am so excited for this year, Jake. Yeah, we are here with Yahoo Sports. Our time off of podcasting has weighed on me heavy. I've been delivering baseball takes to inanimate objects. So I'm rearing to get back to talking ball with my buddy. So join us on Baseball Barbercast. We're going to have a good time. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so... <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. I'm not playing in your league unless I can draft myself. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of football, I live a pretty boring life. With Matt Harmon. This is an anti-getting-greedy podcast here. I've been seeing you guys' podcast have blown up here recently, so glad to get on. It's Monday, January 9th, the regular season... The 2022 regular NFL season is officially over, and that means we're on to playoffs. We're on to coach firing season. We're on to, you know, speculation about the draft season. That's great stuff. But before we get into any of that, we do have to recap a wild and crazy, and I think lived up to its billing week 18. And here to do that is Dalton Del Don. Dalton, what's going on, buddy? Not much, Harmon. Uh, took my daughter and her friend to the Niner game. They had a great time, and that awesome. was uh, fun to see. Uh, was able to get away uh, for Week 18, so I didn't watch all the games as intently as usual. But some crazy stuff happened, and I have a, uh, I have some thoughts. I mean, the whole the whole Packers situation was pretty crazy. That came down to uh, to Sunday night. But um, how about yourself, man? How are you doing? I saw some good good food picks you're you're putting out this weekend. Oh. Yeah, this weekend was a pretty was it was a pretty yeah. epic food weekend here. Um, uh, I had a bunch of like my wife's and not so her friends, I guess, are my friends now. You know, it's all it all intertwines, right? But her uh, like high school friends and and their significant others all came over. So I'm like, uh, I smoke. Dalton, I gotta say this. I gotta say this to you, and, and I know uh, Lord Podcast and uh, he will appreciate this, and hopefully some of the listeners do too. But I, you know, literally get up at six thirty in the morning because we're making this like big nacho spread, basically. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go all out. I'm gonna have pork, beef and chicken i'm gonna have all three types of meat ready and selected for people i get up at 6 30 in the morning the ass crack of dawn uh and, and i you know get the the pulled pork ready the the shredded beef you know work all day on that and everybody's favorite was the chicken which took like 45 minutes to yeah. throw on to throw on the smoker at the end of it while everything else is resting i mean just look i mean i guess that's good because chicken can be so bland and boring and i guess the fact that I nailed the chicken is probably a good thing, but my God, Dalton, it, it is definitely part of me. It's like, come on. That's the, that's everybody's favorite. Yeah, that's a distant third. Yeah, that's a distant third. You had to have used thighs as my guess. Cause that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bone, yeah, bone okay. in thigh, bone yeah, in skin yeah. on that's, thighs. hundred yeah, percent. That's the best for sure. Yeah. No, that's disappointing for sure. You got to go with the carnitas or the, or the steak, but, uh, like, Hey, at least they were fans. I'm sure they all looked delicious, man. It looked, it looked yeah, good. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And I, I treated myself to like making leftover sandwiches the next day with like the leftover shredded beef and the leftover yeah. shredded pork. And that was 
I definitely made, I almost tweeted a picture of it, but then I was like, I don't really care that much. So it just is on Instagram, but a, uh, mm-hmm. a shredded beef sandwich with chimmy, uh, homemade chimichurri and mozzarella. It was, it was probably like top five sandwich I've ever eaten and I made it. So I feel pretty good about myself here heading into this Monday morning. Uh, well, you know, and I got my Peloton ride in this morning, so I'm ex- feeling extra good. Okay. I'm not in, in regret mode. Like we sometimes are leaving weekends, but we'll put all the food talk to the side here, Dalton, because we got some business to attend to. Starting with the Packers, as you mentioned, they lose uh, to the Lions 20, Packers 16. The Lions uh, beautifully just completely dunked on the idea of like, quote, nothing to play for, right? Because that's the thing. Oh, the Lions have nothing to play for. The Packers got an easy road here. There was no easy road with Dan Campbell on the other side of the, the, the field there, Dalton. Not at all, but man, it felt like the league wanted a certain team to make the playoffs or call me crazy. Normally, I, I scoff at this stuff and don't don't care about it. But Seattle, there was a questionable roughing the punter. Uh, Jalen Ramsey gets flagged with that play that DK Metcalf shoves him in the face. Quandry Diggs is blatantly taunting after that interception late, not called. So it felt like the league wanted the Lions to have less incentive. And that backfired, man, because they just went great with these play calls. I'm not convinced that Dan Campbell wouldn't have gone for it on all those fourth downs and called right. that awesome lateral to Swift, even if the playoffs were on the line because he has been aggressive. Um, but man, the Packers game, I, I forget the little things. Maybe was that Rogers fumble or not, but the, the, the Packers defender forearmed the guy so severe in the face, not called that, that would have just completely changed the game. If not for, um, the, the, the guy shoving the player down and the hands to the face penalty when Aaron Rodgers is interception, 10 yards away from the play that's never called. I don't know. I'm not a conspiracy guy usually, but it just felt like to me, the league was doing, doing everything in their power to get Rodgers in there. And then the way they acted suddenly that Maybe there was some word that he is retiring at the end. So I guess it made sense there. But careful what you wish for as a Niners fan. I'm going to watch uh, Pete Carroll beat them next week now. But it was a wild, t- crazy turn of events. And I will say this. The Lions are absolutely about as good as any team in the NFC right now, I would say. I, that team's awesome. I'm gonna, everyone's going to be on them. They're not going to be a secret next year. But wow, what a good football team. They were like third in EPA per dropback this year. And they're the only team in the top 12 to not make the playoffs. I mean, and their defense with Hutchison looking like a beast suddenly there oh, yeah. at the end. I mean, he also finished like the third most snaps in the league among defensive players, which is awesome for a rookie. No rookie wall there. Three picks, too. So they have all the pieces in place. A great offensive line and coach. Uh, Jared Goff getting it done in the cold, you know, making me look silly, worried about outdoors. Uh, So, yeah, the Lions have a bright, bright future. And it's too bad they're not in the playoffs because you put them in this tournament. I would be terrified as a Niner fan if I had to see them come Saturday. 100 percent. The NFC playoffs is like uh, less fun with the, with the Lions not in there. I mean, I'd certainly rather see them than a f- even a few teams that I, 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 I think they're so fun. I agree with you uh, about everything you just said. And I guess the one big question with the Lions going forward, well, there's there's a couple of things, right? Uh, I'm just like you. When I saw Goff, like, you know, he saw his own breath. He's got the double gloves on. I'm like, uh-oh, you know, and there were definitely some some short hop throws, stuff like that. But the coaching, I think, is a great thing to point out. And I guess that's the one big question with the Lions is like, are they going to be able to retain Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, who I think has been a revelation there. I love the way they call plays um, and just the way they use all their personnel in concert. And that like hook and lateral play uh, with Amon Ross St. Brown to DeAndre Swift was, was so inspired going for it on fourth down with like going empty and then going all stick. That was incredible. Uh, it just, just, Great stuff from the Lions in a winning effort. Um, by the way, did you hear Chris Collinsworth make uh, Amon Ross St. Brown Cooper Cup comparison? I was like, oh, I've been 
Chris, it's gone mainstream. I've been making this comparison since before uh, St. Brown was drafted by the Lions. So that that was at least a little validating for me at the end of the day. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I, when it cut to Jared Goff on the sideline in that coat after Rodgers scored oh, that yeah. touchdown to put him back up, he's like, let's go. Like, let's get right back to it, man. I was impressed. He went the final nine games to end the season without an interception. Meanwhile, Dak Prescott got picked off in seven straight games to end his year. So, yeah, it was cool stuff all around. Jamal Williams' interview uh, afterward was epic. Yeah. He'll take you on the most roller coaster 55 seconds of your life. I mean, just cool, <laughs> I know. Stuff from, cool stuff from top to bottom there with the Lions. And I'm just, like I said, uh, glad they're not in this tournament because they're they're an awesome team. And I'm sure everyone's going to be on them next year and rightfully so. Yeah, um, definitely rightfully so. On the Packers side of it, you mentioned Rogers retirement. You know, I think it was Jamison Williams asked him for uh, the jersey after the game. And he said, no, nah, I think I'm going to hang on to this one um, immediately. You know, he, he's like walking off the field uh, arm in arm with Randall Cobb, who's, you know, one of his best friends. They have played together forever. They're looking up kind of like a take it all in type of moment for Rogers. And of course, after the game, he sort of says he's got to sit down and like contemplate everything. He's got to think it over or whatever. So it definitely sounds like we should prepare ourselves for another offseason of like Aaron Rodgers retirement spec. And, you know, how quickly is he going to come to a decision? Stuff like that, because that could have certainly been um, his last game. And it was, it, if it is, it's a real tough way to go out uh, losing to what he described as, quote, that team earlier this year, uh, it, you know, and, and getting bounced from the playoffs. Tough way to go out if it's Rogers last game. Yeah, didn't throw multiple TDs in any of his final five games. Didn't reach 300 passing yards in any game this season. Clearly showed his age more than Brady. Brady just skews everything for everyone. I mean, this is what happens when quarterbacks reach 40, typically, even Hall of Famers. Um, but obviously still a very, very competent, and uh, that'll, that'll a lot of things will matter on his decision, you know, over the, the offseason. It sounds like the it's mostly up to him, his decision. It sounds like he has the, the control there with the contract. But uh, yeah, it'll have ramifications, obviously, for fantasy managers with, with Christian Watson and whatnot. Man, Watson, what a catch. We're from week one dropping the opening play wide yeah. open 80 yard touchdown to getting uh PI'd and, and pulling in the, the awesome catch downfield. He's gonna be a terrific player. Let's hope he can stay healthy. He's gonna be an interesting guy to discuss in the offseason. I think, regardless, uh, probably especially if Aaron Rodgers comes back, but I even think like regardless, he'll be a really interesting player to kind of discuss and analyze because I think he took a lot of steps in the right direction as the year went on, but the Packers could look very different. They could get out of Aaron Jones contract as well. Um, and, and, you know, and, and just we'll see what happens. That's definitely going to be an interesting team to talk about in the offseason. Both these teams obviously missed the playoffs. We'll move on to another divisional contest here. Bills 35, Patriots 23. I mean, what a moment where like the first play the Bills have, after the DeMar Hamlin, you know, the health crisis earlier this week and everything that's happened from there. Um, it's been almost all across the board positive news the last like, what, three, four, five days, something like that. But, you know, Naheem Hines returns the kickoff for the touchdown and, and Josh Allen on the sideline was really emotional about it. He was getting choked up about it after the game. What a moment for that team as uh, the Bills, you know, cruise to the the AFC's second seed here. The Patriots get bounced uh, from the playoffs and I think have a, a lot of questions uh, as Bill Belichick announced that he's going to come back for this season. But I don't know. There's a lot of questions facing New England in the offseason. Yeah, they got to address the play calling situation there on offense. Yeah, first of all, just such a cool moment to start off with a touchdown return. You can't make that stuff up. Storybook uh, type stuff. Really, really cool. Um, Mac Jones, Pat Thorman has been hammering this, but 
man, with play action, 104 passer rating without 80.7. Um, yet he was the 38th of 40 qualifying quarterbacks in play action rate. And uh, I so Bailey Zappi was getting it a ton during his limited action. So something to definitely address there during the offseason. And um, yeah, the Belichick's quotes were like, he can play a quarterback in this league, but again, left it vague and up to interpretation. But uh, what about Gabe Davis? Um, this one I might have been happy to miss because I heard he cost Josh Allen a ton of yards. I mean, John, your guy, this is actually pretty fitting. Your guy, Smokey Brown, got more <laughs> yards than my guy, Gabe Davis, on one target than Gabe Davis got on 10. So I guess that was a fitting way to uh, uh, our Gabe Davis, Mike Evans end in a bet with with Evans going off for three scores last week and uh, you know sitting this one and then um and and just the dud from Gabe. I mean, shout out to to John Smoke Brown for that one. I've been waiting for that play since they signed him to the practice squad. That forty two yard catch, which by the way, incredible throw from Josh Allen. Just this was great catch too. As as it was a great catch. As much as like, you know, the I think the narrative, rightfully so, that we're focused on like the narrative and the emotions and the feel of for Buffalo right now. And again, I think that is the biggest story around the Bills right now. This is just like an incredible Josh Allen game, like a vintage Josh Allen performance. Where I mean, the touchdown he threw to Stephon Diggs was incredible as well. And John Brown for him to go, he takes the ball and give it to Denny Kellington, who's the trainer who administered CPR on Demar Hamlin. I thought that was really cool. So the Bills like. Just got a lot of a lot of goodness around the Bills right now. Um, yeah, Gabe Davis. It wasn't wasn't the best Gabe Davis uh, <laughs> game in the entire world, Dalton. One sure. one, fi- one final thought on this is that the Bills in the year uh, getting the most yards per play uh, at home this season, second most alliance. Uh, and this second round, uh, am I doing the math wrong or the Bengals kind of got screwed? Right, there's no coin flip, and if yeah. they both win, it's going to be a home game for Buffalo. When Cincinnati would have had it had they won that Monday night game, that's correct, right? So that's that's an unfortunate. Uh, result of that of that part but all obviously great news otherwise there but that's one thing that the bills uh that home matchup against this bangle i mean yeah the Bengals are those teams are very very much more potent at home on offense and, and that, that's something yeah. to think about it's definitely something to think about yeah uh patriots of course we'll see what happens with them they have a ton of questions to answer mostly do we cannot run the matt patricia thing back again can't do that can't do that gotta get a real play caller in there they have a ton of cap space um, and they can create more cap space by letting go of some of these bad uh, contracts that they've had over the last few years. So this Patriots offense could look very different. Not that we have a lot of confidence in them giving a, like a big spending spree. We, we've, we've seen the results of that. It's like Jonu Smith making a ton of money and doing nothing. Hunter Henry, whatever. Nelson Aguilar, all that stuff. Um, Jacoby Myers, also a free agent. Man, I can't. I, I kind of hope Jacoby Myers goes to just a, a really good passing offense because I think that guy's an underrated player. I guess Devontae Parker just um, owns the Bills. But real quick, a fun, fun stat I heard. Uh, I believe Jonu Smith broke seven or nine tackles this year on 27 catches. And Hunter Henry recorded one broken tackle over his two years in New England. The Jonu Smith thing was... I don't need to spend a ton of time here talking about Jonu Smith. But that was one of the weirdest things ever. That they gave him all that money and then really never did much with him because he was like an exciting player in Tennessee. Like, oh, like not he never a complete player or anything like that. But it's like, oh, they, they're going to come, come with some fun stuff for John Smith to do. And it just never materialized despite giving him all that money. Definitely one of the most strange uh, free agent deals of all time. The John Smith one. All right. You mentioned the Bengals. Let's talk about them here next. Bengals 27, Ravens 16. I mean, the Ravens. They started Anthony Brown. Uh, you know, they sat J.K. Dobbins. They obviously, you know, Lamar Jackson didn't play again. They sat Mark Andrews. It was pretty clear they were looking to next week. They were like, we don't care about this whole coin flip, coin flip situation. We're just going to take the L this week. And uh, the Bengals were more than happy to oblige. 
Yeah, I think they're dealing with real injuries, both with Huntley and Jackson. So they just kind of took this as a mini buy. Nice to see Isaiah likely put up 13 targets, 103 yeah. yards there for uh, DFS players uh, week 18. Um, uh, yeah, not much to say here other than this was, uh, yeah, uh, we get to see a rematch immediately, but it's going to be quite different. And it just comes down to Lamar Jackson's availability is the main question this week. Yep, that's the main question. And obviously, I've talked about it a lot. It's just feel it feels a little weird. It feels a little weird that John Harbaugh is consistently like, I don't I don't know. You know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And 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 no real definitive answers. And obviously, there's the contract situation hanging over in the background that we always have to keep up with Lamar. But I don't know. We, we will get that. We'll, we don't have to spend a ton of time talking about this one because we will get this game again um, here in the first round of the playoffs. So let's move on to another one here. Uh, Jaguars 20 Titans 16. Look, I know. um I was talking about this last night uh, with, with a buddy that like it's sometimes, be, especially when we do this professionally, you know, we talk about these teams every single week that it can sort of get to be like, all right, we we get it. You know, uh, for example, the like Geno Smith going to this. We're going to talk about the Seahawks next game, but like Geno Smith going to the playoffs while Russell Wilson sits at home having, uh, you know, sported one of the worst records in the NFL. It's like. If you say that in week 18, it's like, we get it, dude. We know that Russell Wilson has stunk this year and, and Gino's been pretty damn good and the Seahawks are going to play. We get it. But it's like, no, that's still a crazy thing. Just like the fact that the Jaguars go from going, had the number one overall pick, a joke of a coach, you know, we're, we're like worried about them ruining Trevor Lawrence to now they're going to the playoffs. They're winning the division. That is a stunning turnaround. It's a huge credit to Doug Peterson. It's a huge credit to that whole organization. You know, Trevor Lawrence taking the leap this year. They got laughed uh, all throughout March at all these contracts they gave out. But those guys ended up being key players. Christian Kirk, big game here to end the season. Um, you know, Evan Ingram had some big, big games towards the closing point of the year. Jay Zay Jones even popped up with big games, you know, like in this game where it wasn't a clean offensive performance at all, Dalton. Uh, they couldn't run the ball at all. Trevor Lawrence made a few mistakes here and there. It's just, it's an incredible, I think it's an incredible turnaround here for Jacksonville. And, you know, they're just like a night and day operation from the end of last year to this year. And it must be included on Urban Meyer's resume that, that Jack Wires made the playoffs immediately afterward too. Uh, resume for the worst coaching performance of all time, to be clear, in the NFL. Because it's yeah. uh, I've heard people uh, battle that. But to me, he he's the clear oh, number one clear, now. Clear, yeah. <laughs> and, clear. and ETN, tough matchup against Tennessee. I like him a lot more this week uh, if you're doing fantasy in the playoffs against uh, a Chargers team playing a short week and got banged up Joey Bosa. But man, Trevor Lawrence, I've been hyping him like crazy. Maybe the best quarterback in the league over the previous eight weeks was definitely off in this game yeah. for sure. Missed some throws. Um, but I wasn't surprised that it was close. Tennessee's coached so well. Joshua Dobbs, a big upgrade over Willis. I mean, that was just noticeable. And uh, they muckied up the game, you know, mucked it up and made, made it close. But uh, happy to see Jacksonville in the playoffs, you know, and get a chance to see T-Log against Herbert I mean this is this is football porn um, come this weekend <laughs> 100% dude it's gonna that's gonna be a great game and like they gave them the night game the Saturday night yeah, game I that know. was pretty I thought yeah. they would be like you know uh let's put them first wild card or first wild card game you know Saturday afternoon something like that you know maybe the first game on something no way man they they gave the Jaguars pretty good billing there uh so it's just an incredible turnaround for Jacksonville and you know yeah it's I thought, I thought Troy Aikman was pretty uh, – and I, by the way, I love when Troy is, like, hard on guys. He was, he was overly harsh, though. He yes, was pretty – Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, there are very few players in the NFL that will miss that throw. And the view of Lawrence was not quite as open as the view that we got the benefit of. Sorry to interrupt you, but I was with you. No, Aikman was so harsh on, on Lawrence. Was I was harsh. Like, I yeah. get he's not playing perfectly, but damn. 
yeah, he went in on like a couple other guys during the game. I think like Christian Fulton uh, for for the Titans and stuff like that. Like he was he was fiery, uh, yeah. which, which I like. I like when yeah. Aikman's like that. I like yeah. when all the, any of the guys are like that. But it did feel felt a little weird with the Trevor Lawrence stuff. But um, yeah, I, I, it was just it was not the best game in the world from Trevor Lawrence. But that's I think even more encouraging for Jacksonville because you know that's the outlier. They still win this game over a Tennessee Titans team who was obviously super banged up. They're starting Josh Dobbs. Dobbs has like acquitted himself pretty well in the in the starting quarterback role here. Like he's just he's been he's been fine. He hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been great. Um, he's just been fine. You, there's a it's a super banged up Titans team, but as you mentioned, they're still well coached and they still play extremely hard. And Jacksonville just lost Cam Robinson, their left tackle too yeah. last week. That's kind of been overlooked. I mean, they have to, a lot of teams. Oh, they lost. They just lost their left tackle too. So yeah, yeah, I'm selfishly super upset that they put that game Saturday night. I'll be driving home from the Niners game, and I'd way rather put that Ravens Bengals mess on there instead. I'd rather miss <laughs> that because yeah, I don't want to miss this Herbert Lawrence game at all. Should be fun. No, well, they they got it. They got to get you know the AFC North uh, game on on Sunday Night Football. So yeah. that's not surprising there. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, you know, Titans post-mortem here, this, man, this, this team goes into the offseason with a lot of questions. We know they're looking for a new general manager because they fired John Robinson in the middle of the year. They need so much help on, on offense. I don't know if Tannehill is going to be the quarterback in 2023. I feel like it, the, when they make a decision on Tannehill will be sort of indicative of what comes next because, they already tried. I mean, they tried to go with the rookie this year, and it was pretty clear that Mike Vrabel was like, "No, we're not. We're not developing Malik Willis or whatever. We're trying to win, fo- win football games." Which, I mean, Malik Willis was so far, far behind anywhere where he needed to be to be an NFL starting quarterback. So I get it. I get Vrabel's perspective on that. But is this a team that's going to start to rebuild? Have they passed one era? You know, what are they? They gave Derrick Henry an extension and a pay bump at the end of last year, so it seems like he would be around. Obviously, he was the offensive focal point again, but man, their wide receiver situation is just, I know they drafted Traylon Burks in the first round. He showed a couple of flashes here and there, but I don't know if you can count on him just being like the center of your passing game next year. And beyond that, they just have, they have nothing. Their offensive line is headed for a rebuild. Just a lot of stuff in Tennessee. I think a lot of questions to be answered in the offseason. Yeah, highlights how quickly this league changes. Rams won the Super Bowl last year, minus 77 point differential, five and 12. Titans were the number one seed and started out seven and three and then finished seven and 10, minus 61 point differential. Ryan Tannehill is the main question because Willis clearly does not look like the answer. He fell to the third for a reason, it appears. Um, and uh, Tannehill, I don't even understand what is his contract situation. It appears that they were ready to move on, but now they're going to have to reevaluate that to be sure. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I know that Tannehill, you saw a huge extension that they could potentially get out of. They could potentially, you know, he could be a, a trade guy, stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, this is this is the year where they could get out of that Tannehill deal. And I believe it's the final year. There's like void year, stuff like that, whatever. But um, they could get out of it and save money this year. But I think, again, if they did that, that would signal like it's a hard rebuild that we're going for the next era of football. But next era of Titans football. I just don't know if this team is like really, if Mike Vrabel's really wired that way, if he wants to do that, right? Like that, I think that again, that's going to be the first big domino that we see that'll, that'll sort of, and a new GM obviously needs to be hired and then give his input on that. And Jacksonville suddenly sitting with a star quarterback in a division with three other rebuilding teams. Right. Nice.
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the Titans could certainly just like kind of hang on to the middle there. Um, you know, with Jacksonville's got the star quarterback, like you mentioned, those other two teams are there. But and we'll get to the Texans later. This is what puts the Texans in such a weird spot that they no longer have the number one pick. And they've got two other teams in their division potentially looking for long term quarterbacks. So we'll get into that here in just a second. A lot of questions for the Titans to answer. First and foremost, they got to hire a general manager. Let's move to Seahawks 19, Rams 16. Uh, again, like I said, it, when we were talking about the last game, it is pretty unreal that the Seahawks move on from Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll makes this huge bet on, you know, move, again, transitioning to a totally new era of Seahawks football here without the quarterback they've had all this time. It's Geno Smith. He has this unbelievable year. He goes to the Pro Bowl. Even if the offense faded a little bit down the stretch, and there's no questions based on any metric, they did fade down the stretch. Um, Geno still made a handful of plays in this game, mostly on the move. Um, you mentioned the Jalen Ramsey thing, but still, like, Geno was moving the ball pretty well with his legs here all throughout. It's just a huge testament to Pete Carroll and the organization there. And, of course, Geno Smith's play that they're playing in San Francisco next week in the playoffs. Dude, yeah, Gino, I guess one extra game, but he broke the franchise record for passing yards. I mean, is this real life? I mean, yes, it's totally crazy to go back six months in your mind and to think of Russell Wilson versus Geno Smith and this be the outcome. I mean, yes, it's absolutely wild. And they're in the playoffs. I personally underrated Lockett and Metcalf helping that system. I mean, and obviously Gino himself, but wow. He uh awesome comeback player award. I'm sure he's gonna win. And he's been he's been great, even with the 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 slow the fade down the stretch. But man, Pete Carroll's a good coach. I expect them to to be competitive with the Niners. I guess in 20 possessions against the Niners uh, this year, he's they've gotten one touchdown against them. But man, G Gino's been awesome. I can't believe he set the franchise record for passing yards, replacing Wilson year one. It's crazy. They even increased his pass rate. I mean, it's it's just funny. I mean, maybe they were hiding Russell for a reason. <laughs> I, I think I think there is a lot of uh, you know po post mortem to do on that stuff. And and like I said, it's sort of become old news, but it's still. It's still pretty evident that there was a lot going on there uh, behind the scenes and everything. Geno Smith, the uh, Lord podcast just sent me this note. Geno Smith is the only quarterback in the NFC to throw for 30 touchdowns this year. Like that, that's wow. it's pretty wild. Uh, you mentioned that the receivers, Tyler Lockett, wide receiver 13 in fantasy. DK Metcalf, wide receiver 18. Uh, yeah, lo absolutely love to see that. I mean, from both guys, but especially from Tyler Lockett, man. I mean, this is an example of just sometimes with wide receiver, like you just got to look at talent. You can't overthink situation too much because we get situations wrong all the time, man. And, you know, there's obviously going to be certain guys who are blocked um, you know, because of the situation, stuff like that. But man, so many, so many good things to come out of Seattle this year. Can't wait to see what they do against your Niners in the first round of the playoffs. But let's talk about the Rams here real quick. The big talking point going into this game, coming out of it with Sean McVay's future sounds very much up in the air. Um, you know, he said he wasn't thinking about that. Uh, in his postgame presser, but everybody kind of reports that he might, you know, take a step away from coaching. And then that opens up, <laughs> it just opens up a job that's pretty, pretty tough there in LA, considering, you know, the lack of resources. Um, I, I don't know, man. The Rams could certainly be looking at a wilderness here pretty soon. Yeah, that's the storyline to follow for sure. Uh, what do we do with Cam Akers? I mean, few running backs impressed more down the stretch. He led the league in success rate but entering last week, and he had another good game. I mean, he just looked terrific. I mean, if they don't bring in another running back, suddenly he's going to be heliumed up, man. I mean, he's he looked really good, and and but you know, leave, leave McVay's system would be another knock there too. So yeah, a lot a lot to follow during the offseason there. But Cam Akers went from nearly being released to one of the best running backs in the entire league over the final two months, and that was a, a, a wild turnaround 
yeah, first and foremost, we have to see what Sean McVay does, which I've said this before. I still like if he's stepping away because like all oh, the team's facing a rebuild. I think that's pretty lame. Like, I mean, come on. This is like you could cert- I would love I would love to see what Sean McVay would do w- with rebuilding this team and like, you know, transitioning to the, to the next era. He's already transitioned it from one era to the next here. Like what's act three going to be? I would love to see that. Um, If he has like a listen, if Amazon's going to throw him a bag to replace Kirk Herbstreet. Like, that's one thing. But if it's just like, I'm stepping away because it's getting a little, it's going to be a little more difficult now. I think that's kind of lame. But the second thing here, I know the narrative will be if Sean McVay leaves, who wants that job? I get it. It's certainly not the, I don't know. It's not the the best situation from a draft pick standpoint, everything like that. Like, obviously, they are facing sort of a rebuild, retooling, but there are still good players on this roster. And don't underrate the fact that, this is an ownership, an owner, and and a ownership group that is willing to spend, uh, that is willing to put resources into their football operations. Like uh, Sean McVay is a great coach, but there's a lot of resources and, and flexibility that the Rams have afforded this this team because of the money that they have, everything like that. That's made this team what it is. So I do think it will be, and it's still L.A. There's still a lot of attention. Like there, there, there. This will be a somewhat attractive job uh if it does indeed open up and then it just be- that's the trickle down effect that we have to follow for guys like Cam Akers and Cooper Cup who are going to be a part of this operation probably next year if McVay leaves does that cause like a new GM a new co- well not probably not a new GM but like a new coach and you know new you know head of the team to sort of make a decision on Stafford and stuff like that like that's really where where it kind of starts for for uh LA and you get to play in a six billion dollar stadium as well. Uh, exactly. But props don't, to McVay for, that. <laughs> for having the Rams play hard. You know, I mean, I mean, they they to a Seattle the team that was fighting for the playoffs. You know, in overtime with nothing to play for, and Mayfield shaky. I mean, he had this team prepared and, and played 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 well and important. He's a good coach, Fred. Yeah, no, he's a good yeah, coach. Sure. That's why I want to see him. That's why I want to see him like rebuild this team and and see what else happens. Like, it just would be a. I think it would be a real notch in his coaching resume. Like, look, if he's again, if he's burnt out and he wants to go to do TV and whatever, I, I get it. But I think it would be a real notch in his coaching resume if he actually stuck through and took this team to the next era of Rams football, whatever that looks like. Like, again, maybe I'm crazy here, but I think if they just pour a ton of resources into the offensive line and they build that unit up, like, I think they still have a lot of players coming back from injury next year who could be pretty good. But that's eh, just me. I don't know. Oh, yeah, a lot of upside for sure. There's plenty of incentive for a coach to go to that situation, even with the lack of draft picks. As you said, the money will be pouring in, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. The L.A. like to spend money. Yeah, that's 100% true. All right, um, I'm just lingering on that game because this next game is, <laughs> I mean, Dolphins 11, Jets 6, Skylar Thompson versus Joe Flacco, man, for all the marbles. Uh, Dolphins make it into the playoffs. Um, there's no no Pittsburgh, you know, no Patriots. They end up making it there. Does Miami on the back of Skylar Thompson. It's really tough to talk about what the Dolphins will look like next week just because, we, you know, can Tua clear the concussion protocol? If he doesn't clear the concussion protocol, he's not going out there, you know? Um, and then do we, are we going to get Skylar Thompson versus the Bills? That doesn't seem like it would be very fun to watch. 
No, and how banged up is Tyreek Hill? Uh, I will mm-hmm. just say the reports of Mike McDaniel's job uh, being on the line hopefully were just erroneous because that would yeah. be crazy be considering silly. the quarterback situation he had to deal with. Um, uh, my only other thoughts on this game is uh, Garrett Wilson uh, was recorded a minus a 13-yard loss on the final play of this game on this crazy lateral play that resulted in his safety, and it brought him not just a 13-yard loss, but under a 100-yard bonus uh, that matters to some people out there, and that was mm. uh, uh, very uh, wild if you saw the play, how they recorded that, a minus 13-yard reception for Garrett Wilson, but 17 targets, and if you looked at his numbers with Flacco, they were quite good, too. I think he's the highest target rate in the NFL this season, I believe, actually, Garrett Wilson um, when uh, Zach Wilson was not his quarterback. So I know people are debating, yeah, we look at Alave's yards per route run. He's actually better. The, the rookie of the year race should be closer. And I totally get that. Alave's a, star, a stud too. But, um, but man, Garrett Wilson, I can't wait to see what he does next year with, with a different with quarterback that's not named Zach Wilson. Yeah, 17 targets in this game for Garrett Wilson. Nobody else had more than four. Which is crazy because there's good players on this team, right? I, almost to the point where it's like, yo, you might need to spread that thing around a little bit. Robert Sala didn't uh, commit that Mike LaFleur would be back next year as the offense coordinator, which I think is kind of surprising. I think this offense has been well designed. Um, yeah, for the Jets, it's just all about very, very infrequently can you say a team needs to go into the offseason with a laser focus. And I, But I do think this team has to go in with a laser focus on on fixing the quarterback situation. His 17-game pace without uh, Zach Wilson was 191 targets this yeah. year as a rookie. That's pretty, that's pretty wild. Yeah, dude, Garrett Wilson, you won't hear me say a bad word about him. He looks like an unbelievable... Um, I, like a potential top five receiver in the NFL. That's how good he looks. And now it's just about getting everybody else, like getting Elijah Moore back on track, you know, getting like, I mean, I don't know about Corey Davis, like he might not be back with the team, but um, you know, it, it's just about getting somebody in there. Who's going to actually, you know, get these other guys back on track, like who, and I know there's rhetoric about like, all right, you know, Zach Wilson's not done here. Like his story's not written, you know, just Joe Douglas want to move on from the second overall pick that fast. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I I think they got to do something there to keep this team competitive because they'll be they'll all be on the hot seat going in next year, and I don't think you could bet your job on Zach Wilson taking the next step. So we'll see what happens with the New York Jets. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back. We've got the number one overall pick switching hands here in the last week of the season. Right after this, welding instructor Alex Declare knows firsthand how VR training platforms like Forge FX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right. Texans 32, Colts 31. Lovey Smith giving Houston the fucking middle finger on the way out. He has a meeting with the team. What was it on Saturday? You know, with ownership and all that. He has to know he's getting canned. And look, Lovey said after the game, I, I, you don't just go in and tell these guys to lose, you know, obviously. So the Texans win the game, which then gives the Bears the number one pick, Dalton, enough cap room. I mean, to, to go, you know, trade for anybody I mean we'll talk about the bears here in just a second but the texas now are sitting at the number two overall pick and i look i i know that there have been people out there it's like oh who cares like whatever 
it, the the Bears are not going to take a quarterback. Number one, you don't know that. Number two, it's not like somebody can't just trade right in front of you. It's always better to control the draft than to be in the second spot. So the Texans now officially number two pick. They fire Lovey Smith. They have a one and done coach in back to back years. Where do the Texans go from here? <laughs> yeah, I believe the Texans picked up two a fourth down play before even the fourth and twenty touchdown to Aikens, and then they went for two also to get this yep. uh, uh, to fall back in the in the draft. So yeah, Chicago's going to be sitting nicely with a lot of trade partners. It looks like there. Um, that'll be fun speculation with some some possible uh, you know uh, desirable QBs coming out of this draft. So wild game, possibly game of the weekend was this Colts uh, Texans one. Zach Moss. Uh, did work. Um, yeah, it was a, a wild game that wasn't very meaningful until it was uh, suddenly with the, with the draft ramifications there at the very end. Yeah, uh, obviously the big story is Houston and what happened there with the with the second overall pick. Now that's a job. I, I don't know who wants that job, right? Like, I mean, again, you you fired a coach in one season in back to back years. Not uh, unlike with LA, what we talked about earlier this is not an ownership group that you would just absolutely love to work for any of that nonsense. Um, I, I don't know that that's tough. Uh, just I if guess you're they... sold on whoever you're drafting at number two, you know, I mean, I think I'd say that's the selling point now. <laughs> right. And, but there's still a chance that like Houston's going to have to give up resources to like, you've seen this with the, with the Mitch Trubisky thing before, right. When yeah. the, when the 49ers drop back a pick uh, to get the bears up there to second overall to take Mitch Trubisky like this, this can happen here. Like the Texans, Texans can still get up, um, and again, if the, if you're Chicago, that's worth it, right? To just take that. Anyways, they're, they're the big story coming out of this. But the Colts, man, again, who wants that job, right? Like this is an uh, what 2022 revealed to us is that ownership and Zach Kiefer wrote a really good piece about this in the Athletic. Just like ownership has officially, you know, taken the gloves off. They're you know, Jim Irsay is meddling in the operation that has been. <laughs> Made clear than I think anybody's ever made anything more clear in the in human history that that was happening when he hired Jeff Saturday and all that. So I, the Colts were pretty terribly coached. Um, obviously, uh, with Jeff Saturday, he was not cut out for the job. No shock there. They need a hard reset, I think, on everything in that organization. Yeah, no question here. Only thing I'd add on the Colts is uh, Jonathan Taylor. Word is it's possible he may need ankle surgery in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I've seen some some uh, top five lists floated out on the internet with him not on next year's running back rankings, which I uh, did a double take on. But um, so, yeah, Jonathan Taylor is the, the interesting piece here for fantasy. But who's going to play quarterback for, to get your guy Pittman the, uh, the quality oh. targets downfield he so deserves? God, I know that's oh, that's that's painful. Um, yeah, I. I I don't know, and I, I I think that Ursay is pretty tired of like the veteran stopgap. So it feels like they would want to they would want to go with a rookie. They would want to potentially they're a team that could trade up ahead of Houston, right? Like mortgage the future. Chris Ballard is a desperate man at this point. Like mortgage the future to go get a young quarterback to hopefully come in there and elevate things. So there's certainly a team to watch uh, here as we head into the offseason. All right, next one. We just talked about this team, but Vikings twenty nine, Bears thirteen. Bears understood the assignment. Get in there, play Nathan Peterman and Tim Boyle and take the L and pick first in the draft. We don't need to spend much time on Minnesota because we'll talk about them throughout the week. And we've talked a lot about like, are they as good as their record says, you know, whatever. But um, the Chicago Bears. So, Dalton, what's going to happen at that number one overall pick? Do you think they'll just put it up for auction? Do you think there's a chance they could trade Justin Fields? Like, I think that's a perfectly like that's something that they'll talk about in the offseason. This is not the staff that 
brought in Justin Fields. You know, would you rather take like a shot on Bryce Young, who's going to be on a rookie deal for the next? And I don't, I don't have a take on Bryce Young, whatever. But I'm just saying, would you rather take you know ju- uh, Bryce Young first overall in the draft, trade Justin Fields for a potentially maybe not as big of a haul as the number one overall pick, but still a pretty decent haul, and just like completely start over here? I think that's on the table here uh, for the Chicago Bears. Agreed. It's all on the table for as good as Justin Fields was for fantasy managers. And it was a dream the way he's running. Yeah. Uh, it was not, you know, ideal real life passing growth year no, two. I mean, it's a all. tough, tough situation in Chicago and he had horrible receivers, but absolutely a, a new management could 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 fall in love with the rookie, as you said, a cheap contract and move on. That's absolutely option B here could could be one of the alternatives or they make a they get a haul and they and they move back in the draft because, uh, you know, they made the horrible move to bring in Chase Claypool. They could use some picks. So um, I, any, anything's on the table here, um, but good for them. They're happy that they have the number one pick with these options. But uh, absolutely. Justin Fields, monster fantasy, still question mark, though. Real life QB. The, the Claypool trade, man. I mean, that like. If you're like, all right, I have confidence in Ryan Poles and these boys to make the right decision here, then you just realize they traded what amounts to the 32nd 30, overall pick because yeah. Miami uh, lost their first round pick in the whole. Uh, yeah, that's valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not great. Not a good trade. Not a good trade there for uh, the Chicago Bears. Hell of a trade for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, yeah, man, I, I think it's all on the table for the Bears, and there'll be a, a really fun team to talk about uh, over the next few months because. Again, you're right. Justin Fields was great for fantasy, but and the situation stinks. Obviously, receiver core really wasn't good coming into the year and then eroded as the year went on. The offensive line was terrible, but Fields' sack rate is absurd uh, over the last two years, higher than any other quarterback. So there's a lot of questions to be answered with him. And, and you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the, what the Bears decide to do there with that first overall pick. All right, we'll move to the Panthers 10, Saints 7. If the Panthers wanted to save Steve Wilkes' job with a win, I mean, I guess they got that win. And, man, it is pretty clear out of – it's like a, a full-on, like, universal notion from the locker room. They want Steve Wilkes to be the coach. I don't know if that's going to happen, but they did play hard for him down the stretch. Yeah, New Orleans defense continued to play well, too. They hadn't didn't finish the year not allowing more than 20 points in a game since November 7th. But, man, Sam Darnold, before that – Last completion to Marshall to put him in field goal range. What did he have? 10 yards passing on the day? I mean, yeah, was it was not a good game. passing performance. They yeah, ran the ball 41 yeah. times and Deonta Foreman got kicked out, like got ejected from this right. game at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Darnold does not look like the answer long term, even if you look no. at that EPA numbers. Don't don't let that fool you. They no, hit no. him and they played him in these rollouts and these and, and play action and put him in hitters count. So I think and Carolina, yet another team that needs to address the quarterback position uh during the offseason. But but nice gritty win. I mean, they the coach definitely had him playing well. I, I certainly would have picked New Orleans to win this game. So um yeah, yeah another team that, that that fought to the end there. Yeah, the Saints obviously a billion questions about them in the offseason. Can they get a good draft hall for Sean Payton if a team like Denver wants to trade for him you know even hey if uh if Sean McVay does step away I could see uh, the the Rams trading for Sean Payton right I mean th- that will be a big talking point for them but they're another team without a first round pick right now needs to solve the quarterback uh, position man it's painful to think about how good Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Chris Olave were as rookies and none of them have like a clear cut quarterback solution uh for next year so can't wait to fall in love with yet another trapped receiver with bad quarterback play. That's just like my favorite thing to do. So we'll uh, we'll see that in the offseason. Chiefs 31, Raiders 13. Look, the Chiefs get the bye. They get the number one seed. Uh, this one was 
I wouldn't even like statistically whatever that doesn't look that impressive for the Chiefs, but this was pretty easy. Uh, pretty easy to see coming that the Chiefs were going to win this game handily. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Nice. To, uh, Josh Jacobs was able to suit up, but um, yeah, just a, uh, not not ideal there in the follow up. Uh, the t- the loss meant that every team the week following play- facing the 49ers lost this season. I think they're collectively zero and fifteen. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, not, not really much to add on. I don't have on, on here. Just we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens with another quarterback situation in the off season. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders definitely, they, they're, they're certainly facing a lot of questions, you know, whether they'll be able to trade Derek Carr, who are they going to bring in at quarterback? Josh Jacobs is hitting free agency. He's already sort of sounded like a man who's resigned to the fact that yes, he's he not going to be back, sure. um, which is, you know, kind of a shame because he was definitely like their offensive identity at certain points this year. Um, and on the chiefs, man, you know, they Ronald got Jones sighting. Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones sighting. Yeah, that's when you know you're down bad if you're the Raiders. Like uh, Ronald Jones punching in TDs against you. Um, they got Kadarius Tony in the mix. I think that's been fun to see him as like a gadget player. I I don't think he's ever going to be like a legit full time receiver, but he's so fun in like a I don't know Percy Harvin light kind of role uh, there for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it, I mean the Chiefs are just having so much fun right now. They're doing like ring around the Rosie uh, in the yeah. in the huddle, and then uh, you know going into the snap there. So um, hey, Andy Reid in his bag. They get the week off. Andy Reid coming off a bye. They'll they'll definitely be uh, a threat in the playoffs. And but that's another one too that. We talk like the same thing with Geno Smith, the same thing with um, the Jaguars making this big turnaround. The fact that, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes loses Tyree Kill and then has like statistically one of his best seasons throws yeah. for 5,000 yards. It's just like the guy's incredible. And I can't remember, somebody brought it up like a bunch of tweets of everybody. Uh, projecting the AFC West finishes, and some people have the Chiefs third or fourth or whatever, and they just, mm-hmm. you know, cruise to the one seed here in the AFC. Yeah. I believe McKinnon, just uh, to add, McKinnon set the NFL record for six straight uh, touchdown catch. That's the most ever by a running back uh, to end six straight games, sorry, of mm. eight total. And Patrick Mahomes with the number one seed, this means he will still never have played a road playoff game in his career. I mean, that is just crazy. He's never it's played insane. on the road. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good stuff they got going there in Kansas City. Uh, definitely anyone who doubted them coming into the year, tough look. All right, next one here, Eagles 22, Giants 16. The Giants weren't playing any starters. You know, they're going to be at Minnesota next week. Kenny Galladay finally returns on his on his big contract with a touchdown here. That's so funny. It's like, yeah, they're not playing any starters, but Kenny Galladay scores a touchdown, right? Um, that contract, Nice catch, uh, too. What a I catch. I know. It looked pretty good. <laughs> it's a pretty good catch there uh, for old Kenny Galladay, but we don't really talk about the Giants. They weren't playing any starters. They'll, they'll play in Minnesota next week. We'll see what happens with them. Eagles lock up the number one seed and a bye week that it looks like they need because I still don't think Jalen Hurts is like 100% healthy. Yeah, I mean, he said he's out there was hurting, but he couldn't further damage it. So I don't know what's going on there, but you can't be super confident with the way the the Eagles ended the year. But they get that important bye week. Miles Sanders, I don't know if he played this game with the knee brace, but he'd been wearing one throughout practice in the last couple of games. Um, This was far from a a great performance here against backups, but at least maybe they got it out of the way. And it was, I don't know, should they have not played Hurts in this game? I don't know, but it was not expected. I mean, this spread grew to 16 points or around kickoff um yeah it was uh i did not expect it to be that close including the hurts you know first half it's like if you want to use them dfs maybe they sit them but that's what he's been doing all year anyways blowing up in the first half and this was a very uh rugged game if you're an eagles fan it's not not ideal entering the playoffs yeah but it's probably better to get like hurts out there as opposed to taking like a month and a half off of football and then like totally. running and running there uh, in the first playoff game don't you think 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, if he couldn't do further damage, and that makes sense. Yes, and it's not like Minshew was lighting it up. So yeah, no, that I, I, I could see that part of the argument. And and now you have him back in some some action, and now two weeks to prepare. So maybe that that's all that matters, frankly. And who cares if they didn't light up the scoreboard in this in this game that didn't matter and they won anyway? Hey, Devontae Smith, pretty good player there. Uh, man, another big game to end the year. He's wide Did receiver. I see you set the record for the most catches uh, by the on the Eagles franchise history? I think. Uh, he had 95 uh, on the year, 80, 88 for A.J. Brown on the year. And they're yeah. both top 10 fantasy receivers to finish the season, which is pretty impressive, man. God, wow. I, 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 what a good player, uh, Devontae Smith. Both both these guys are, are legit number one receivers. Incredible stuff there from uh, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. All right. We've waited long enough. Talk about Commanders 26, Cowboys 6, the Sam Howell show, Dalton. Well, you, I haven't heard from my dad about Sam Howell. I, I got to do like a wellness check on my father. He hasn't mentioned Sam. It's been, you know, 24 hours, almost 24 hours. I haven't heard from him yet. So uh, how are you feeling after the great Sam Howell showing? I mean, what we all expected, first NFL throw resulting in a touchdown, 8.9 <laughs> YPA, getting it done. I mean, with some third string running backs helping them out against the playoff team, Dallas playing their starters. I mean, let's go, Sam Howell. Um, yeah, not really, uh, really in all seriousness, um, he's someone that they need to consider and to see if he is uh, their future, and they probably should have looked to him getting a little bit more playing time earlier. That was certainly a mistake, but um, Rivera is still wondering if uh, Washington is uh, eligible to make the playoffs. <laughs> are we uh, are we eliminated now? Uh, no, yeah, I, I think that Sam Howell might be in the mix. It depends on what type of swing they want to take a quarterback in the offseason because, you know, if they bring in like a Minshew type and, you know, all right, we, we're going to do Sam Howell versus Gardner Minshew. I don't know. That's a lot though. Like these guys are all going to have their jobs on the line next year. If, if they don't get fired before, you know, before this gets, this podcast gets published, right? Like, let's just say they all stick around. Rivera is going to be on the hot seat. You know, Scott Turner has played Carl be on the hot seat. Jack Del Rio, all these guys, like you really going to stick it to with, uh, you're going to do that with like Sam Howell and, and some other vagabond veteran there. I don't know. That would be kind of tough. Uh, but we'll see how they decide to navigate the. They're another team that just like laser focus. Okay, I know you got other problems. You need to figure out who you're bringing back on the defensive line. You got some free agents and contract decisions to make there. But they're another team that just needs to be laser focused on fixing the quarterback. Because if they had like a legit quarterback this year, I'm convinced they would have been. They they could have they they certainly could have competed like a, at a Dallas level. You know, be the NFC's fifth seed stuff like that. But on Dallas, man. This is this is not the way you want to enter a playoff uh, race here. No. First of all, with Washington, tell me if I'm exaggerating when I say McLaurin and Dotson have the upside to be like a top five, top six, type seven duo in the league. Oh, in the yeah, next, I mean, they're legit 100%. upside. Okay. All right. Yeah. 100%. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, seven straight games of the picked in the year. Um, I know there's been a lot of on-grass narrative. Yes, that's been against of the better teams, too. But they've been struggling outdoors. And I, mean, I, I know I'm not here to preview this Tampa Bay game that I've talked to you about. I knew it's coming. But um, this was not ideal for the Cowboys in any shape or form, playing their starters and and resulting in, in an ugly loss in Washington. But didn't matter. You know, now they can maybe shake it off uh, when it matters here in the playoffs. But this is, as you said, not ideal entering the tournament. Yeah, we'll talk about that game a ton this week. I yeah, I saw Jason Garrett pushing the uh, on grass narrative on you know before Sunday Night Football, so I guess that's an interesting one. But man, yeah, it's just <sighs> Dak, bro. I, you've been you could like excuse a lot of the Dak interceptions as like 
all right, that's just like a, a tips off the guy's finger in the tight window. You know, it's not necessarily his fault. This was just a bad Dak game to end the year and uh, pretty, t- again, tough time for it to happen. Steelers 28, Browns 14. Um, hey, listen, Mike Tomlin gets another winning season. Uh, this year, I do think it was impressive. I think it was impressive to get this team uh, into the mix and like, you know, they could potentially have made the playoffs if the Dolphins had lost to the Jets. But still, they head into the offseason. And, you know, my thing is they just need to change the offensive coordinator. And I think this team does have pretty good uh, personnel there on the offensive side of the football. They just need a better scheme there for these guys to operate in. Yeah, fitting Dante Johnson saw 10 more targets without a touchdown. Of course, um, yep. We're all, Could, couldn't, we're all... couldn't get that one in. Hey, there was there were times, too, watching this game, Dalton, where, like, he 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 has like who's wide open on a slant route in the end zone and the ball he, Kenny Pickett throws the ball and like it gets batted down and you could tell how much it was bo- like it was bothering Deontay Johnson like I got to hear about this crap all off season. Yeah, yeah. We all, we all love George Pickens and uh, as you said Pickett uh, encouraging finish to the year. Najee Harris would be interesting. How much was that foot injury holding him back and he's ended the year on a high note for sure despite the uh, the, the lost fumble notwithstanding. So yeah, Pittsburgh going in the right direction. Obviously, so well coached, and when TJ Watt is healthy, that defense is just is so so different. So um, and then on the flip side, what do we make of uh, what do we make of Deshaun Watson here? After uh, he he was looking so bad, I was I almost tweeted before halftime of last game. I'm like they'd be better off with Randy Watson uh, playing quarterback, but of course you the coming to America joke would be both over your head and probably a little too dated for you. But then my wife's like, uh, I'm like, should I actually do a tweet? This is a funny one. I think it's funny. She's like, nobody might. Play well after I'm like you know you're right I'll wait till after the game and then he came out and did really well that second half although Washington decided not to tackle Amari Cooper it was really weird those 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 play those throws were like just sideline and a lot of res- resulted in some yards after the catch but here he is in Pittsburgh getting 7.9 YPA I didn't watch this game a ton uh, what are our thoughts on Watson were there were, was it just rust that he was shaking off and these final six quarters looked like he could be you know the quarterback he once was. I don't know. Um, I saw Robert Mays tweet that among 39 quarterbacks with at least 150 attempts this year, Deshaun Watson finished 38th in EPA per dropback. Only Joe Flacco was worse. Uh, hey, you're, no, you're not. He's one. He's one spot lower than. <laughs> he's one spot lower than Zach Wilson. Okay, so you're not trying to be in that spot on the rankings there. I listen. I think you could certainly. There's a couple a couple things with Cleveland here and put the Watson thing aside, like where he is going to end up. Like, will he get back to his old form in Houston? I don't know, but there are definitely issues with um, how he fits with this offense. Like the weird thing about him is that I don't think he's ever been, even at his best moments in Houston, he's never been like a timing rhythm quarterback. And this offense has thrived. Kevin's fancy scheme has thrived with like, Jacoby Brissett just keeping the train on the tracks like Baker Mayfield's good year was when he was just keeping the trains on the track like Watson's not that guy never has been that guy so can he can he adjust to fit the offense can the offense adjust to fit him a little bit more maybe that coalesces in 2023 but also like they need better players on offense too and I'm not I'm not making excuses for Watson either but there have certainly been like plays left on the field by Donovan Peoples-Jones. DPJ is a nice player. He, he should not be your like clear-cut number two wide receiver. Like They need another wide receiver in the mix. Um, Nick Chubb was definitely not healthy to finish the year. That was obviously very apparent. But yeah, I mean, Watson played poorly to end this year. There's no like getting around that. And I think Cleveland just has like... You would like to think 
off field, obviously the the vibes will always be weird because of because of Watson, and you know no one's ever going to sit there and feel bad for the Browns for anything that happens. But um, they certainly you'd you'd like to think that they'd enter this offseason be like, all right, you know what, we didn't make the playoffs, but we only had Deshaun for this amount of games. No, like they 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 have a ton of questions that they're facing in the offseason, and that just it doesn't look good based on how Watson played. Man, 6.5 YPA, you said the second worst EPA per drop back. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Watson is the highest paid player in the NFL right now. I think I saw Andrew Brandt say that he is the only like contract that you can't get out of like in the NFL, like anybody else. Like, all right, at some point with Russell Wilson, they'll be able to get out of the contract, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, you want to get out of that contract eventually. You can take a big dead cap it, but like net Watson's fully guaranteed. And that's like why the why the Ravens don't want to do this with Lamar, who is not at all from an off-field perspective, anything the, the as gross as like Deshaun Watson, right? But it's just like the injury stuff. What if his play tails off? You know, all that type of thing. That's why the Ravens don't want that's why all NFL owners did not want this to become like a precedent. Uh, and, and you know, just it happens for a guy like Watson because of the spot he was in, and it, it obviously feels weird that it happened for that guy, not for a guy like Lamar Jackson. But uh, it is what it is. Next game up here, 49ers thirty eight, Cardinals thirteen. Hey man, 49ers looking good. You know they stomp out a team that's starting David Blau here. You got to feel pretty good about them coming into the playoffs here. Although I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you've got lots of layers of anxiety about it. They have laid a touchdown early in in multiple games here. Uh, the Charger game I went to, and then that AJ Green play was just wild to start that one. But the Niners finish uh, winning ten straight games, the best point differential in the NFL. Their offense would have ranked uh, second in EPA per play over the entire season um, with Brock Purdy at QB on, behind only the Chiefs. Their defense is first in EPA per drive. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. It may be raining uh, Saturday here. Uh, but I was lucky uh, Sunday to avoid it, but it definitely could be raining during this Saturday game. Seattle is used to the rain. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that game. Um, a good season for the Niners and just crazy, the Brock Purdy, how it turned out. I mean, just just, just insane. How <laughs> I mean, who would have seen awesome. that coming? I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. He's like only a player, uh, Herbert, to throw multiple touchdowns in their first six games uh, in the NFL. So pretty cool stuff. And um, yeah, jo- George Kittle's grandma turned 100 years old, uh, and we all sang happy birthday to her Sunday in the stadium. That's it was amazing. Her first, it was her first game ever at Levi's Stadium, too. It almost wow. feels like sounded too good to be true. And it was slightly because her birthday was like a day before, but they fibbed on that. I l- later found out. But pretty cool. Her grandma's 100th birthday, the whole stadium saying happy birthday to her and um he caught his second touchdown right afterward and i, I found the key to and i've been to a, a million sporting events in my life never been on the jumbotron but was on twice during this game Harmon, because you just bring your kids and and her friend yeah. up there and they you put the, the cute nine-year-olds on there and then you're on uh, yeah. you're on the jumbotron twice so that, that that at least i had that going for me but um yeah i'll be neurotic all week thinking of the ways that seattle and pete carroll chomping his gum are gonna upset the niners this week for sure <laughs> I mean, hey, shout out to you guys for getting on the Jumbotron. Yeah, nobody wants to see you up there, but it's definitely no, when no, yeah, 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 with the yeah. kids that helps. That's a good yeah. that's a good thing there. Hey, I don't know if uh, a lot of people in Arizona want to look back and see what happened this year. What a disaster of a season for the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, as we are taping this, uh, Cliff Kingsbury has been fired. Steve Keim uh, is ta- is you know stepping away to work on his health. Uh, so basically, at, these guys get extended. They extend Kyler Murray. A total nightmare season. Cliff's going to be cashing them checks for a while. Shout out to Cliff for that. Uh, But, you know, Kyler Murray gets hurt late in the year. Talk about an undesirable job here. It's, It's here in Arizona because you better be like 
convinced that you can turn around Kyler Murray. And uh, I, I mean, I think the jury's still out on that. And obviously he's not even going to be the guy to start the season next year, most likely. Yeah, not just Kyler Murray, but a Kyler Murray coming off a torn ACL. So one who's not going to exactly, be. The team yeah. even came out recently and said, we don't expect him to be ready week one. They, they delayed his surgery. It just happened last week in January. Yeah. Um, so at, at best, he's going to be compromised runner when he returns. But um, yeah, it's that, that's a tough situation. And again, Kingsbury's second half. This second half started early. Started this year two and two. And then the, the fall happened. But um, yeah. Brutal, brutal coaching stint for him there. Didn't didn't turn out as he expected. Uh, J.J. Watt is only final thoughts for Arizona for me. Cool that his final game was so disruptive. He recorded, I, know, yeah, I believe, awesome. two sacks, but it, nearly a third, too. He was really disruptive up the middle. I mean, it happened to work perfectly that Aaron Banks, a guard, and the Niners got hurt last week. But, man, Watt still has a le- plenty left in the tank. It was cool to see him go out in a high note. Yeah, as he said, I'm paraphrasing, he said after the game, like, I'm not going out because I can't. I'm going out because I don't want to anymore. Like, Definitely you know, not. Yeah. yeah, he was awesome to end this game. Him and A.J. Green. That might be A.J. Green's last game, too, and he goes out. Uh, not quite on the same note, but, I mean, huge play there to start the game for A.J. Green. Um, so, yeah, those two legends. I mean, what a that 2011 draft, both those guys were in it. What a what an incredible draft class that was. You know, Von Miller, uh, Cam Newton was in it. You know, Blaine Gabbert was in it. Uh, so, so there you go. Hey, uh, all right, next game up here, Broncos 31, Chargers 28. Obviously, you know, a lot of discussion about why did the Chargers leave their starters in so long. Bosa banged up. Mike Williams had to be helped out with like a, a back spasm situation. As I always say, ain't nobody used to have a bad back. Mike Williams has a bad back. Um, that's a, definitely going to be an issue uh, go, going to Jacksonville next week. We'll see what happens there. Of course, also the Broncos, you know, they've already started to cast a pretty wide net when it comes to coaching candidates. They've requested and got permission to speak with Sean Payton. They requested permission to speak with Dan Quinn. Um, they're they're going to look for a lot of different guys there. They potentially want to talk to D'Amico Ryans, all that stuff. Jim, you know, Jim Harbaugh in the mix, the whole thing. So the Broncos, again, that's an ownership group that will spend. Uh, so there is that at least. Yeah, it sucks that Mike Williams even had to be helped like onto the team bus afterward. And they play, they have to play Saturday, a short turnaround. So yeah, just a, a, a crappy situation there with the players getting hurt when they probably shouldn't have even been on the yeah. field. I'm surprised to hear that Sean Payton is interested in this Denver job. And it sounds like he's even laying out like what he how he's going to fix Russell Wilson. Feels like to me he could just sit back and pick a better situation. But maybe he believes, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And he has Russell money. Wilson did fin. Russell Wilson money. also, yeah, that, of course. Also money. Just, <laughs> also let's everything. not forget about money. <laughs> For sure. And Russell Wilson did have a better finish after Hackett left. So, I mean, maybe there is something to that. And just can we just I mean, he's Albert Zero again. The guy once I bought back in for DFS, he again, he puts up another goose egg. Just very, very frustrating there um, to end the year there fittingly. But um, yeah, I hope the Chargers get healthy for Saturday night in this matchup. We're all looking forward to. And hey, uh, well, listen, you beat yourself up about the Albert Zero thing, but both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy played 15 games this year. Jerry Judy, wide receiver 20. Cortland Sutton, wide receiver 42. Um, I was really not into either of these guys this year. You know, I've been very, I've been very against Cortland Sutton for a long time. As I, just, he's not a number one receiver. Judy, though, really interesting finish to to his season here. He had a. I still think he's like kind of misunderstood as a player and he's more of like a splash big play threat, not like a great technical route runner, all that type of stuff. I think he's living off like college reputation there, but really it ended up being a nice season for Jerry Judy, who could be a guy that gets traded in the off season. Like if you're looking for surprise trade candidates, I think he would potentially be one. There were rumors about that at the deadline, but he played extremely well to end this year. So I'll give you some credit there that you were one of the very few like 
Judy straight up over Sutton. I was kind of not into either one of those guys, but Judy finished the year well. Yeah, thank you. And there's clearly durability issues with Judy, but he absolutely should be ranked uh, ahead of Sutton next year. There's a, a two years of evidence when they're on the field yeah. together. Judy just balls on him. So, so yeah, but no question about that. All right. Last game here. Falcons 30, Tampa Bay 17. Tampa wasn't really trying to win. They got their guy, they got their guys some reps, that stuff, but like Blaine Gabbert was in the game before too long. Mike Evans didn't do anything in this game. So we don't have to really talk much about the Bucks. The Falcons, though, look, I'm a sicko, but I am really interested in the Falcons offense next year. They do need a quarterback. There's no question about that. I'm not sure that Desmond Ritter showed enough to just walk into next season as a starter. I think he could potentially be in the mix based on um, what they do, you know, where, where they fall in the draft order, all that type of stuff. But Kyle Pitts is going to be back next year. I think Arthur Smith's a really good coach. Tyler Algier had a pretty quiet thousand yard rushing season and Drake London is a baller, man. Yeah. So I saw a set of Ritter's like deep completion percentage was really like bottom barrel of the league, but I'm sure it's a small sample. And he had a couple of first two starts were tough road starts. So the jury definitely remains out on him. Drake London, it does not remain out. It looks like he's an absolute baller and hopefully he gets competent quarterback play. He's the real deal. And Algier, uh, just quietly one of the, the best rookie seasons uh, easily this year under the radar. I mean, with Patterson stealing a ton of opportunities too. So uh, yeah, Algier was fantastic. Yeah. I think that's going to be a fun offense. If they get like a high end quarterback, I think it could be a really good group there. Um, we'll see if Algier is like the day one starting running back next year. You know, it's always tough with these day three guys, yeah. but to go for a thousand yards and finish the year, like his December or not December, but like last four weeks was really awesome there uh, for Tyler Algier. So should be a fun off season for the Atlanta Falcons as they try to fix this team, take the next step there. All right. Dalton, that's going to do it for us. Shout out to you. Uh, hell of a show. Uh, and you're on the Jumbotron. Dalton's riding high. Got the first playoff game to 49ers there. So shout out to you, Dalton. Appreciate it. Thank you, Harmon. Wish my Niners luck. And uh, been having, I had a great time uh, talking football with you on the podcast all year long, man. You're doing a great job. All right, well, I appreciate it. I'm only doing a good job because you guys are making me look good. So uh, thank you for being on the show all year long. And it's been it was a really fun regular season. I, I liked this regular season of football. And I think it's going to I think we are in for a banger. Well, if I don't get to talk to you before, is Tampa Bay not beating the uh, – they're not winning Monday night, right? I mean, they're, they're going to beat the, I mean, the, the totally, Cowboys, yeah. right? It's okay, happen, right. 100%. Okay. Yeah, it's all happening. Right. It's happening all for right. sure. Uh, all right. <laughs> it's definitely happening. Hopefully, uh, we will talk to Dalton again very soon. In the meantime, you can follow him at Dalton Del Don on Twitter. Just waiting. Just waiting for that tweet, man. You know, see – See if he keeps that New Year's resolution. Get some more tweets out there. And of oh, course, yeah. the TV tweet is coming. Be on the lookout. Yes. There we go. Love love that. That's, that's an annual banger that you got to tune in for for Dalton there at the very least. In the meantime, you can also follow me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB and at Yahoo Fantasy to stay up to date on everything you need to know to be a, fan, a better fantasy manager. I mean, my God, 2023 drafts will be here before you know it. Best ball season will be here before you know it. So time to get ready, okay? I'll be back on Wednesday with Los Angeles Chargers running back Austin Eckler before he heads to Jacksonville for their playoff game. Until then, we're out. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. 
Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.